0: Indeed, He is the Lord of lords and King of kings. Amen. Thank you for joining us on site, uh, online. Uh, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we'll rejoice and be glad in Him. We have a guest speaker today, and some of you guys uh, probably remember him. He came to our church, I think, about two years ago. Uh, While I was gone, for, I, I think I took the sabbatical month. And he came to speak for us, and uh, uh, you know, Pastor David and I, you know, he is good friend of mine, and uh, we are same age, and uh, I kind of shared the concern about English ministry about a month ago, I think a little bit longer than that, and we talk everything, you know, <laughs> because my friend is a pastor, and and uh, he, you know, as I was sharing the you know the situation of EM, you know, I was like. Pastor David, you know, taking care of KM and EM at the same time is not easy for me, especially, you know, delivering messages. So I need a help, I think. You know, I kind of share it with him. And you know what he told me? What about Pastor Sam? And he said, do you know Pastor Sam? <laughs> but that was actually confirmation because I always thought about Pastor Sam. And I once asked, you know, uh, you know by the way, Pastor Sam is uh, Linda and Astrid Chang's cousin. So, you know, like I asked them, is Pastor Sam available? I mean, is there a chance he can come and help us out? And uh when I asked that question, I, I guess a year ago, uh he's, he's taken, you know, he's busy, you know, he started the ministry, like team ministry, and there's no way he can come. It's like, okay. Then any, you know, mentioned Pastor Sam, I say, wow, oh, you know, I always thought he can be great, you know, teaching pastor for our congregation. So uh, I asked Linda to contact him, and he actually is available uh soon he 's going to be available, i guess starting from next year so, yeah, i you know I was like yeah, and i I contact with him and you know so he he 's here today uh you know i, I don 't know what 's going to happen, but i I hope and pray that God can uh, call him <laughs> to uh, be our, you know, like teaching pastor, uh, if, you know, Lord is willing. So, uh, yeah, that, that was, you know, that was a true story that I have with pastor Sam. So let's welcome him today. He's going to speak for us.
1: Thank you, Pastor Ken. I really appreciate that. Uh, I'm really grateful to have this opportunity to come and to, to share with you this morning and, um, I wanted to share you what I felt like the Lord was speaking to me this week about giving an invitation. And this invitation is found actually in Song of Solomon, uh, chapter two, verse four. So let's take a look at that. So Song of Solomon, chapter two, verse four says, this is the Lord speaking. He has brought me to his banqueting hall and his banner over me is love. This is an invitation that the Lord is giving to his people inviting them to come to his banqueting table and when they come to his banqueting table over the banqueting hall there's a banner you know in the old testament there's a lot of different names that uh the bible describes about god you know jehovah jireh God, a provider in this instance it's describing jehovah is our banner and when we look at this passage Uh, The Lord is our banner over this banqueting hall, and this is this picture that we see in in Song of Solomon here. And what's on that banner? The banner is written, Love. And I really like this imagery that the Bible uses here in this invitation because it's one we see uh, many times throughout the Bible. Jesus uses this illustration also of the banqueting table and inviting his people to come and to eat with him and to uh, come to the banqueting table. And when we look at this passage... I think that I really love it personally because um, I don't know if you've heard of that term love languages. So uh, it's a book written by Gary Chapman many, many years ago. It's called the Five Love Languages. And it describes the way people like to receive love. Okay, so they talk about different things like words of affirmation or acts of service and different things like that. Well, my love language is food. So if you want to show love to me, you, we go and eat together. We go and eat together. That's why I really love this picture because God's inviting his people to come and to be with him, to come to the banqueting hall, to come and to feast together with him. And the banner over that is love. This is the way that God is expressing his love to us, for inviting us to come and to be with him at the banqueting table. But if you're like me at the banqueting table, uh, one of the questions that I have whenever I go to the banqueting table is what's on the menu? What's on the menu when God is inviting us to the banqueting table? Well, I believe there's one thing on the menu this morning that God is inviting us to come and to partake of, and that's him. Let's look at this passage in John chapter 6, verse 35. Uh, He uses the food analogy in here. In John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus is saying to the crowd, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. Jesus is describing himself in this food analogy, in this illustration. He's saying he is the bread of life. And then when we think about God inviting us to the banqueting table, I feel like this invitation for us right now is to come and to feast, but to feast on the Lord, to feast on Jesus. You know, during this pandemic time when, you know, It happened in March. I think I was like a lot of people. I felt like, you know, I think it's going to last a few months and then it'll be over and we'll kind of get back to our normal life. But, I mean, I think we've gone far enough to see that that's not the case, you know. And I think that all throughout this past seven months or so, I think a lot of people are weary and I feel like they're worn out and they're really tired. And I feel like this invitation is more uh, relevant than ever. That God is inviting us to come and to eat and to come and to feast. That we need to feast at his table. You know, I heard a study that um, for every one negative statement we hear, that psychologically we need five positive statements to overcome that. Okay, so that's the study that I read. So for every one negative criticism or negative piece of information that you hear, you need five positive things to overcome that. And so I think for me, a couple of things come to mind when I hear that study. One is that I think that's a bad ratio. I don't think this is what God intended for us. I don't think that God wants it to become, every time we get one negative thing, we need five things to overcome it. And actually, the Lord is speaking to me and challenging me, can you change that? Can you flip that around? And when you think about this, and it's probably true for you, when we hear something negative, when we hear somebody criticize us, when we hear bad news, that often we dwell on it for a really long time, and it just sits on us, and we think about it and think about it, and sometimes at night, we can't go to sleep, and we're thinking about these different things that people have said or things that we've heard, and when we hear positive things, sometimes we recognize it, sometimes we don't even recognize the positive things that are happening, but when we do recognize it, really, in my experience, it's been, I recognize it, and it's there for an instant, and then it's gone. I try to praise God, and then it's gone, and then my life continues on. And then God was asking me, can you switch that? Can you change that? Can you switch that and have all the things that are negative, you can recognize it, but then it's gone? And on the flip side, when things are positive, when the Lord brings things to you, when he shows his hand to you, when he brings blessings into your life, can you let that sit with you? Can you dwell in it? Can you do like you do the negative statements where you allow it to just sit with you and stay with you and marinate in it? And I feel like that's the appropriate thing. That's what the Lord would want for us, to focus in and fully receive the things that he's doing. And I think that during this time, it's super important to be able to do that. I think that during this season, we have to be able to see and to receive the things that the Lord is doing and fully receive it. So that's the first thing that kind of came to mind when I looked at the study. The second thing that came to mind, if that ratio is true for every one negative thing you hear, you need five positive things, think about the environment we're living in right now and how much negativity you're hearing. Whether it's in the media, whether it's your family or your friends or your school or wherever, you're, inundated with so much negative information. So if that's true for every one negative thing, you need five positive things, think about how many positive things you need to start pouring into your mind, into your heart, into your spirit. And that's why I feel like this is a call for us to come to the banqueting table and we need to feast on God. We need to feast. It reminds me of um, a memory that I had is uh, way back in 2002. And in 2002, I was much younger. And uh, I actually trained uh, for a marathon, okay? Which is really uh, surprising for me now because I can't even run one mile right now. (laughs) But back then, in 2002, I had a marathon. And so here's actually a picture of me at the finish line. This is proof, okay? So I actually did finish the marathon. Okay, so in 2002, I gathered together with actually a group of friends. And we all trained for this uh, San Diego Rock and Roll Marathon in 2002. And so we were training throughout the time and getting ready. And then the day came when the, when the marathon was going to come. So we came the night before, and then we spent the night down there in San Diego. So we all gathered together that night before at this restaurant. Okay, so if you see in the background, it's Buco de Beppo. Okay, so I'm there kneeling down there, a much younger version of me, uh, more black hair, <laughs> is kneeling down there. Okay, so that was us the night before the marathon. Okay, and what do we do when we went to this restaurant? We carbo load, okay? Because the next day we're gonna run 26.2 miles. So we would eat as much carbohydrates as possible. So we go there and we had this huge, both you've been to Bucca de Beppo, there's huge giant servings of like pasta and lasagna and all of these carbs, right? Things that you would try to avoid now, but we had permission to feast, right? And we want to load up because we know what was happening. The next day I think for us, we need to do this. We need to carbo-load. We need to sit at the table and eat. We need to sit at the table and eat. And I think that's one of the things the Lord has been speaking to me during this season, the past seven months. We need to be sitting at the table and feasting on God. What has it been look like and for me? I've been doing a, a lot more audio listening. Okay, so I've been trying to take advantage more of this time that we've been having. And so I've been listening to audiobooks. Okay, so I got an Audible account and I've been listening to books. And I've read a couple paper books and I've read some audiobooks and I've gone through 23 books this year since March. Okay, and you might be thinking, okay, well, he's a pastor. That's his job to, to read and to do that kind of stuff. But really, to be honest, okay, and I'm not proud of this, but actually before this year, I read very little outside the Bible. So the Bible is my primary reading. I read very few books before that. And in fact, five years probably before this all put together, I don't think I've read this many books. There's something different about this season that God is calling us to. There's something different about this invitation that God is bringing for us to come to the banqueting table and to eat you know, so for me it's been like listening to those audiobooks and YouTube videos of sermons and podcasts, and I would just do it all the time. You know, because I could do audio, I don't I could be doing other things as well. So I'd be doing it while I'm washing the dishes, I'm doing it while I'm walking the dog, I'm doing it while I'm doing the laundry, I'm doing it while I'm walking on the treadmill, I'm doing it when I take the dogs out, I'm doing it all the time and I'm just listening, listening, and then I start feeling and experiencing the fullness of the Lord. And as you keep on doing that, as you keep on receiving that, I think it really starts changing your feelings and changing your perspective and changing your attitude in the season. And I think that that's the call for us, that we really need to experience more of that during this time, that we really need to feast. We really need to feast. Now, one of the things that makes it difficult for us to feast is actually um, to slow down and i wanted to to look at a verse that talks about that so let's look at this next verse in psalms 46:10. the first half of that verse this is the lord speaking he says be still and know that i am god and you might be saying pastor sam I'm doing nothing but being still. I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. Everything's canceled. You know, all the outings are canceled. We can't go out to eat. We can't have gatherings. We can't do anything. I'm doing nothing but being still at home. But what I'm talking about here and what I believe this verse is talking about here is not being still on the outside. It's not having a lack of activity going on around the outside. It's being still on the inside. Okay? It's having calmness and being still on the inside. This is what puts us in a position to be able to be connected to God and to see God and to hear from God and to receive from God and what it's necessary to feast at the table. We can't feast at the table if we're constantly uh, uh, not at rest on the inside. And so what I wanted to do right now is I wanted to just do like a little simple exercise, okay? So I'm going to ask you guys, so even if you guys are watching online or are watching later, uh, I want us to close our eyes, and then when I uh, say go, I'm going to say we're all going to close our eyes and just be still, okay? And, and I'll tell you when to stop, okay? So ready? Let's go. Okay, why don't we come back together? So I timed it, okay, so that was 30 seconds, okay? How did that feel for you? Did it feel much longer than 30 seconds? It felt a long time for me up here, (laughs) waiting for 30 seconds to kind of come up. That's just 30 seconds, and I think that when we feel like that, and it just kind of reveals what's happening on the inside, and I think that's happening a lot lately. Because all of the distractions that we have are kind of gone down, I think that God is revealing what's happening on the inside. And I think a lot of us have a trouble with what's happening, what's stirring inside. But I think that's what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to see what's happening on the inside. And, you know, and today technology is wonderful. It's what's enabling us to still have this and being able to connect together and to worship and to learn together. But technology is also makes us unrestful inside. You know, when we see about the different things in technology, I read, I was watching this one video that talked about how uh, people that make video games and do things like, you know, Instagram and TikTok and all those different things, they show how you have to change scenes every few seconds. You have to make it fast. You can't stay on there for more than a couple seconds. You have to stay there, and you have to switch to something else, and you have to switch to something else, and you have to switch to something else. If we're constantly uh, inundated with these type of things through our technology, things that we're watching, what does that do to us inside? We're constantly needing to change. We can't focus. We can't be still. We can't sit at the table long enough to feast. You know, if God is inviting us to the banqueting table We have to sit there long enough to be able to eat the whole meal. And so I think this is an important part of us, for us right now, if we're thinking about wanting to go to the banquet table and feast from God, is that we need to be still. So for me, sometimes it's like getting unplugged. Like I have to unplug sometimes. And I have to really go and to to calm and to center myself. You know, it's interesting as I think about what's happening in this world. uh, I was sharing with my church a few weeks ago, that I feel like the past seven months has been a worldwide Sabbath. Because we haven't been choosing to stop and to know that he is God, I think God is giving this opportunity us to Sabbath. And never in all of history have we had this opportunity or this, this window where the whole world is experiencing the same thing. Everything is shut down. We're in a worldwide Sabbath an extended sabbath i don't know how long it's going to be but i believe that this is a time for us to sabbath rest but it's not just to rest it's not like i said it's not a lack of activity it's not to stop doing things but i really feel like this is a sabbath time for us to sit at the table and to really receive from the lord you know when i think about 2020 and it's coming to an end soon Uh, I talk to different people and they're like, okay, I can't wait until this year is over. This has been the worst year of my life. And I, I totally get all that. And I totally understand why people think that way and feel that way. But when I look at what's happening, God is doing something. You know, God is moving during this time. Even though the world is chaos, God is in complete control. And God is authoring something that's coming. And I really feel like this is a significant time in the history of the world. It's interesting if you, um, in about 15, 20 years or so, like maybe your kids, or if you're older, maybe your grandkids, they're going to be in school, right? And they're going to be looking at their textbook, and they're going to look at opening up their U.S. history book, and they're going to look at 2020. This is a significant time in history. You know, when Time Magazine puts out those lists about the most significant events that has shaped the world, I guarantee you this is going to be on the list, and this is going to be near the top of the list. We're not even close to being done about the true impact of what's going to happen through the season. God is preparing something. He is shaking things up. He is shaking up, I believe, the church especially. The church needs to shake up and to wake up and to see what God is doing. God is preparing us for this season of what he wants to do. And amidst all of this chaos, we see it all throughout history that when we look at times of turmoil and and times of when society is, is going the wrong direction, often after those times, revival comes. And I really feel like this is the preparation time for that period. Just like before the marathon, I would eat and eat and eat and eat all those carbohydrates because I knew what was coming up the next day. That's what's happening right now in this season. That God wants us to prepare because he is going to move in a powerful way when this preparation, this Sabbath season is finished. And when we look back at this time, what do we want to see? How do we want to see ourselves from 2020? Do we want to look back and say, I just waited it out? I'm just waiting until they have a vaccine? I'm just pressing pause on everything and letting everything just go and all the days go by? I don't think that's what we should be doing as the people of God. We need to see what God is doing. What's on his heart? What is he preparing us for? What is he moving? How is he moving? What is he leading us toward? Where is he leading the world? Where is he leading the church? Where is he leading his bride? What does he want us to do? How does he want us to get ready? How does he want us to use this time right now and to redeem it? I think first and foremost, we need to feast. We need to feast. We need to get ready. We need to strengthen ourselves because a time is coming when he's going to want us to go. And to go and to share, to go and to love, to go and to take steps of faith. I think some of you might be experiencing that right now. You know, in times where God is asking you to reexamine things. Maybe it's reexamining what you're doing, examining your work, reexamining your perspective, reexamining where your heart is. And he's calling you to reset, to recommit, to reconnect, to relaunch, to reposition. I think this is what's happening in this season. But you can't do any of that. If you're not connected with God, you need to hear from him during this season more than ever. We need to hear from God. And so I just want to extend that and what I feel like the Lord's invitation and for us to say, yes, we hear your invitation. And we want to come to the table and we want to eat and we want to eat. Let's pray. So, Father, we want to thank you for your invitation. It really is an invitation of love. Your banner over us is love. Jehovah Nisei. The banner over us is love. You're inviting us to come to the table to receive from you and to be loved by you. So I pray that we would receive your call. I pray that you would help us to take whatever steps necessary to come and to settle ourselves inside so we can sit at your table and to receive and to receive and to receive from you. Prepare us, your church, Lord. Help us to come to, to feast on you. Thank you, Lord, for the invitation you're giving to every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen.